Today we're gonna answer real estate questions <clears throat> from Cora. What are three deal breakers I should know before renting my house out on Airbnb? One, um, you shouldn't rent it out on Airbnb. Two, but the real answer is one, Airbnb is unilateral, so they can ban you at any time, so you don't want to lean your business against Airbnb. Uh, number two, Airbnb has you know huge kind of disregards for the law. It's kind of up to you in so far as like knowing you know if you need a license to kind of rent on airbnb uh three airbnb says they actually insure you a million dollars if some bad shit happens um however uh, it's kind of rare that they actually pay when something goes wrong or you try to just basically skirt responsibility and say uh no yeah we, we don't do it um someone shoved stuff in the in some landlord's toilet and caused about ten thousand dollars in damages um and airbnb gave them seventy two dollars all right, <clears throat> next. Is it better to rent houses for your whole life or to buy a house? I think um, I used to answer this question as just you should always just rent because the opportunity cost to buy a house is so huge. And for the most part, for most of you, that is still the answer. However, if you're buying a house with the intent of um, renting out, like let's say the other room and then reselling it at a higher price, you know, go ahead and buy that house because it's just a transaction. But I wouldn't buy a house just to live in for the rest of your life without a plan to actually make money off of it. Okay. How can I find off-market real estate online? Well, by definition, it's not off-market if it's online. So that is a bad question. What are the best property management systems I Personally, use Cozy. It's a pretty easy thing to collect payments um, and to get payments from other people. And you can kind of see when um, people are not paying you. Um, it's free. Um, and you can kind of manage a bunch of properties on there. Um, that's what we use. Um, if the best investments only net you 10 to 15% returns a year, how do people become rich from investing? Well, obviously, they don't invest on average investments um when you say best investments net you 10 to 15 percent a year um that's just a false statement so your question is uh wrong so people get rich from investing with low returns because their business earns them so much money that they can just throw that money into a passive thing so even if they have 10 to 15 percent they're still pretty rich right if you have 100 million dollars and you only get 10 to 15 percent returns a year you're still going to be pretty rich now you know, if you don't have any money to invest, then what you want to do is get a lot of money first, right? Um, and there are investments where it gets you more than 10 to 15% a year. You just have to look really, really deeply and they're just harder to find. For example, um, there are very, very specific classes of real estate where you can get more than 10 to 15% uh, returns a year. Um, and since this is in the real estate forum, I don't know if you're 10 to 15%, if you're actually talking about 10 to 15% capitalization rate, uh, which a lot of people think of it as returns, um, but that's actually not what a cap rate means. A cap rate only means um, market sentiment because a cap rate doesn't uh, take into account, you know, if your cap X cycles, right? Like all your roof and all the leaking, stuff like that. And it doesn't take into account closing costs on um, that stuff. So. Uh, cap rate is really only market sentiment. So 10 to 15% returns a year is very, very dubious. This question, um, I would rethink where you're learning about real estate.
Okay, next question. If someone buys a multi-million dollar home completely in cash, is that a sign of possible money laundering? No, there are just some people that have money, bitch. All right, let me, let me launder my money in peace. All right, next. What are some rookie mistakes of first-time house buyers? They don't get um, an inspection because they try to save money, and as a result, it costs them a lot of money. Um, not enough due diligence and not enough... Um, not enough due diligence in general and also falling in love with the house okay remember please remember a house is just like a prostitute they are just there for one function and you use it and you toss it and if, if, if it's good then you keep it if it's no longer good you toss it right it, it is just a business um if you're doing uh, investment real estate uh, I know a lot of people that like know the numbers are bad for the house, but they buy anyway and they bitch and moan to me how terrible the investment is. It's like, dude, I told you, why'd you, why'd you buy it? It's like, oh, cause, cause when I walked in the open house, you know, it, it, I just fell in love with the interior. Um, and that just does not work. It doesn't, the market doesn't give a shit about what you like. So if you love the house, that's great. Um, but nobody else does. Right. So. Don't let your pride and ego get in the way uh, of your profits. In real estate investing, is owning a rental property worth the headache? Uh, not in my opinion, but it really depends on the person. A lot of people buy these shitty neighborhood things and they slumlord. They have to chase rent, but they're okay because they still make money. For me, it's not worth the headache because the same effort could be done. So let's say start an online business or something else. And I could just always roll that money into a much more passive syndication, much more like higher class, A class, 132 unit, 186 unit, 512 unit kind of kind of stuff uh, where the syndication takes care of it and I don't have to do any headache, right? And then they deal with the headache, but they got a lot more money, but I still get, you know, a fairly large return on my money. If California pursues a cap on rent increases, how many tenants will actually help? Well, um, so here's what happens if the rent uh, does not increase and you force it to not increase. Um, there's going to be a bigger and bigger housing shortage because every house is affordable. Um, and what happens is because the rent is so low, you know, for the landlords um, and the labor cost is still increasing, and home prices are increasing, that is, we have a cap rate compression, and it just keeps compressing, compressing, compressing. What happens is, like, developers will no longer make any more affordable housing, and they only, and this is actually happening right now. And so developers, when they build apartments, they're going to build, like, four or $5,000 per month apartments because it makes no sense for them to build this massive thing and only charge, like, $2,000 a month because they'll just lose money, right? Like, would you spend millions of dollars building a house or building like a huge building so you can lose like tens of millions of dollars a year, right? Like um, that, that makes no sense at all. Um, so because the rent is not naturally increasing, you kind of have to create a product that is an outlier compared to the general public, like what's available in general public. So you kind of have to build these super luxury apartments um, to be able to make it worth it uh, for them. And because now all the housing that's going up is unaffordable housing, what happens is pretty much no one can you know afford to live in them. Then you have like the super rich living in them, and then everyone else is gonna live in every other apartment. So, you know, like it's just gonna worsen the housing shortage situation because let's say you have like fifty thousand you know apartment units for like the general population, but like you cap the 
you cap the rent that's there, but no one is building the five fifty thousand first unit ever because everybody knows that's not profitable. Well, what's going to happen? A lot of people will have to move out of California. Um, you know, it's not going to actually help tenants. It might actually help people become homeless. Um, so yeah, a lot of times, um, you know, like policies maker are uh, fucking retards and don't think about things like supply and demand. If you keep demand the same and you force the, when the, when the demand is going up and you force the supply to be the same and the price to be the same, what happens is that like people just like die off and can't really make that work. All right. So why do a lot of rich people say rent instead of buy property because of opportunity costs? If you have $200,000 to put away today in a property, you might as well put that $200,000 in a um, high grossing investment. But then how you kind of look at buying property, quote unquote, is really up to you. Okay, last question I will answer is... Why does the influx of black people impact upon the rent and property prices of the neighborhood? I don't know how to answer that, except that's racist. Well, that is the last episode of Don't Jump and Abeyda.